great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money seven days a week. So a lot of things go wrong in the world. There's been a lot of natural disasters. But how can you cope? How can you even thrive in a time that seems like things are coming apart sometimes at the seams? I want to tell you how many people successfully do so and help others at the same time. It's coming up later this hour. I want to talk about something that I've noticed watching football. Uh, Something you may not know about me, I don't watch television at all. I can't tell you who any actor is, any show. I don't know anything about any movies or movie stars. I know nothing because TV entertainment is not part of my life. My TV, though, goes on each September and stays on till early February. Why? Because I am a football fanatic. And so being a football fan, I have roughly five months a year that I get to see what's going on in advertising. And two things I've noticed is that most people in ads now are one-third my age. And along with that, I don't understand the humor in most of the ads that I see because I'm not the demo they're looking for. But there's something different this season, and that is ad after ad playing on people's insecurities in the aftermath of the massive Equifax breach, saying, well, because of this, you should use our service, or because of this, you shouldn't use that service, or because of Equifax, you should do this, that, or the other, and it's all about selling you on fear, a high-priced subscription to some kind of monetary thingy. Don't fall for it. Don't do it. Do not waste your money on any of these fear mongers that are saying, you're going to be fine if you pay us. The reality is, everything that's being promoted in those ads is all about a very weak burglar alarm. A burglar alarm that rings after a criminal's already done some mischief. And that's why I want you to spend almost nothing to protect yourself, but take the methodical steps that I've outlined for you. You can see a summary of them at Clark.com to protect yourself. And do not fall for the advertising hype that you need to sign up for this thing, that thing, or the other thing. And I never had any idea that there was such an advantage I was getting to watching football to see what's being pushed in the ads. And I really did not know. I I had no clue how much these ads try to convince you over and over again that you need to open up your wallet and pay somebody 10, 15, 20 or so dollars a month for identity protection. 
the only real identity protection that exists costs the tiny amount that I talk about on my guide, and that is credit freeze. Derek is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Derek. What's going on with you? Hey, Clark. Thanks. It's a pleasure for you uh, taking my question. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, Clark. My wife just uh, turned 26, so we are in need of some uh, health term, uh, health insurance. Uh, she's been on her parents' health care plan up until this point, and I've just been doing short-term health care because I'm a full-time chiropractic student currently. And uh, I'm frightened her- what kind of student loans you're going to finish school with. <laughs> yeah, too much, that's for sure. Okay. Um, so we heard about this Christian-based uh, health care or health share plan and it just seems unreal to us. It's uh, $250 a month for the both of us, $1,000 deductible, a million dollars coverage per accident. Um, and I was just wondering if that's, if that's good or if there's anything to be concerned with about this. All right, so let me, let me lay this out for you. Under the law, these um, religious-based, most are Christian, but they can be other religions as well. Most of the religious-based co-ops are legal, even though they don't follow the underwriting guidelines or provide the levels of coverage that are required when people buy individual coverage or like when your wife was piggybacking on her parents' plan this is not the same stuff. It's much, much, much cheaper, but it doesn't have traditional underwriting. So if the co-op ended up with a lot of major illnesses, they would not be able to pay people's claims even as promised. Okay. Because there's not, it's not like insurance where there's insurance and reinsurance and there's all this money in reserve. So when you're in a co-op, the premium difference is gigantic. I mean, for the right. two of you buying a health care plan on one of the exchanges, you'd probably be looking at, oh, what would it be, 1200 a month for the two of you? Right. I, I don't know. Did you shop at all? Am I in the ballpark? Um, that sounds about right. And this is two fifty a month. Right. So that $1,000 a month difference is huge in your life. I and mean, that's $12,000 a year almost that you keep in your hands. The risk comes, and it only becomes a risk, if either the pool goes completely insolvent or if you end up with a major illness or she ends up with a major illness that the plan is not able to honor its commitment to to you for that illness so it's different than when you think of insurance it's a matter of trust and it's something that a lot of people are choosing to do so as long as you go in knowing that this is not the same but that it's a premium you can afford, particularly with you in school, with the enormous student loan debt you have, that you'll have, um, I think it's fine. Okay, great. But as long as you know that 
that the chips could be down and stay down if there was an illness with the out-of-pocket. Okay, I got you. So what does that make you want to do? I mean, like you said, based on our situation right now, it definitely sounds like it's something that we want to take a step forward at and at least give it a try for the time being. Okay, that sounds fine. And truthfully, we have no idea how healthcare is going to evolve over the next many years and how we'll pay for it, what kind of uh, coverage plans will be available. And this has been a very hard lift for uh, both political parties to figure out how to do health coverage in the United States that gives people the coverage they need at premiums they can afford. That's been a puzzle that's been really, really difficult. Tiffany's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Tiffany. Hello. How are you doing? Um, good. It's a good Monday. I have a little bit of a cold, but otherwise I'm okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope you get well quickly. <laughs> Me too. How can I be of service to you, Tiffany? Well, um, I definitely love listening to your show. I'm like a pretty smart guy calling with a little bit of a situation I'm facing um, and kind of coming to a dead end. Um, it was brought to my attention that uh, my picture um, and information was lifted off the Internet and used for a, a scam, a dating website um, that is used for um, hooking up. Um, and somebody... Wait, wait, wait. Somebody picked up your profile from something on social media or something like that on the web. Correct. And they falsely are using your image on a site for people that are looking for um, not serious relationships, let's call them? Correct, correct. Um, used my uh, multiple pictures um, and the profile description that I used on a legitimate website. Oh, really? Um, yep. <laughs> now, that <laughs> is low class. That end, I've tried multiple different um, resources and, and spoken to lawyers and um, even the police and, and, and finding out that this is way more widespread than I've ever known. I've never had this situation happen to me before and I'm, I'm livid and I just, I guess, don't know what to do and I, I'm feeling pretty hopeless about it. So uh, Okay, so I'd the police said, the police said nothing we can do? Um, the police did say they actually called um, the customer service number that I gave them um, it didn't ring a few times. They never got anybody. They got no voicemail um, to the company. Um, in my research, it's a, it's a scam company. Um, and are they, they in the United profile. States or outside the United States? They are outside of the United States. Oh, man. Outside of the United States. All right. And I, I kind of knew the answer before I asked the question because that's the biggest frustration and, and that puts them beyond the reach of the laws in the United States, yep. and this is this is terrible. So, people are they seeing your contact information? Or are they just putting up a false thing to try to attract male eyeballs by having your pictures there? Well, it's it's just my picture, and I, I shouldn't even say just my picture. It's my picture, um, and it's multiple pictures, um, and they've used my profile name from the other website and and i'm not naive i understand that pictures are public entity on the internet when you put it out there people can use it um but i think it's extremely wrong that it's been used um they're making money off of it right um and i'm not the only one i know there's male and female out there who are getting their picture used um 
and they're posing as me, texting as if it were me to other people, and um, I'm livid. I just, I don't know what to do. Internet law is not something I'm finding to be prevalent in my state. Well, um, actually, actually, the, the greatest gap here that's hard to bridge is that these are these are people operating an offshore website. What country do they appear to be based in? Well, from my from from digging a little bit deeper, British Virgin Islands is the the address that I've come up with, um, and possibly Canada, but um, British Virgin Islands is what I've I've seen. And they they operate multiple dating websites. Um, All right. As best we've been able to figure out, uh, one of our producers, Kim, has been trying to track it down while I'm talking to you, and it looks like they're actually based in Malta. Okay. Which is an island uh, in the Mediterranean that unfortunately is a haven for organized crime. Sure. And there's not really normal rule of law in Malta. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, if you don't mind... We'd like to do more digging and see if there's some reasonable course of action we could recommend to you. That would be amazing. I mean, I think big picture, this shouldn't be happening to anybody. That's my um, point, and that's why I'm interested is it's not just you, Tiffany. If they're lifting images, how many of them there are phony? Is the whole idea they're trying to get people to pay for the information on this website and they're using images of attractive people to try to get people to pay? Yeah. Well, so from my understanding, the person who brought this to my attention gets an email, had gotten an email with my image and multiple other um, females and males' images on the email saying that these are people you could connect with. Um, And then once, and this is from the other side, it's a scam because the people who actually do get that, this um, app or whatever it is, um, they pay the money and then find out eventually that you're not making true connections with anybody because nobody has is, has a real profile. Got it. So it's just a straight-out bait-and-switch scam. Hang on. We'll see if we've got a path that would work for you and for others. It's time for Ask Clark where you post a question. Excuse me. <coughs> you post a question. I'm all choked up for me at clark.com and then producer joel asks it for you that's right clark jessica wants to know she says my husband and i just finished the adoption of our twin grandchildren congratulations right and we want to start an account for each of them starting with 250 or 300 dollars a month what would you suggest wow all right so we don't know how old the twin grandchildren are but i'm assuming they're they're pretty young i'm going to make that assumption so what you can do is you can set up a custodial account for each of them and you can put money into it like that. If you wait till you have a thousand that would allow you to open an account, there are a lot of options you could open with a custodial account for these grandchildren, well now your children, and fund it as will at will. And there are a variety of index funds that I would like for that, like uh, total or broad stock market index fund where they would own little pieces of thousands of companies all in one investment that has very favorable tax treatment. Now, the other angle is if college is something that is in your family's culture and tradition, and these children would be likely to go to college, then doing 529 college savings plans would be great because you could own one for the benefit of each grandchild and 
have the money grow over the years and because you're now you've now adopted them and you are the parent normally that means even potentially more favorable treatment for you in terms of how financial aid is considered at college and so the beauty of the 529 plans is that the money grows tax-free and it's spent tax-free where the custodial accounts i was referring to you do have tax through the process and if you do decide to do the 529 plans i have a 529 plan guide at clark.com if college is likely to be in the future for the idea of doing the custodial accounts if you go to one of the low-cost houses i have listed on my investment guide they all offer the custodial accounts and can take you through the process of setting those up it's my pleasure to have you here on the clark howard show where we're about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website, and you can follow me at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. I have a strong belief in what we can do as a community to improve a community, that we in the spirit of volunteerism, can make a difference. And we see that over and over again in our great country. And I think about an example being the Cajun Navy. Cajun Navy, an informal group of people heavily from the bayou who came to the rescue of people during the flooding in Hurricane Harvey. And who knows how many people those volunteers with their own boats saved in flooded out areas of Houston and South Texas. And there are so many instances and examples of where we as individuals or parts of uh, community groups, social groups, make a difference. Now, there's information that shows that it's actually good for the person who does the volunteering. That there's absolutely scientific evidence that there's a benefit to you for giving back, that what it does for your mental outlook and all the rest. Then I saw an item in the New York Times that people that volunteer during disasters ultimately end up with things like lower blood pressure and lower mortality rates. That there's a direct connection that is psychological that translates into the physical when you are someone who is there for others. And think about the people after any disaster who are facing their own problems themselves in repairing, rebuilding, putting their own lives back together, but are there in the midst serving others. It's the best in humanity, but it also turns out to be the best for you as a person. I have long had a strong affinity for and connection to volunteerism. And if there are things about the world that you think should be better, you are the one 
who should get out there and do what you can to make it better. And I know in an era that's raw in America and this distrust, particularly with the political tribes, people that identify with either of our country's political parties, have animosity and distrust for people who are of the other tribe, the other political party. And I think that's beyond silly myself. But it takes us away also from what we're best at, which is when we all pitch in together to help each other and to help our country. And I think that's where you can really accomplish great things, but not just for others, for yourself. Anger towards others eats at ourselves, raises that blood pressure, right? But service to others is a real benefit to our country, your community, and surprisingly enough, yourself. Dean is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Dean. Hello, Clark. Dean, now we're talking about politics. You want to talk about me being so angry about something that happened in the Senate? Go right ahead. Okay. Um, well, it, it's not so much that I was angry at you, um, but I just all I wanted to do was point out that um, you know, in the realm of class action suits, um, that it, it's it's my opinion that rarely do the individuals benefit. A hundred percent correct. The attorneys get the lion's share of any settlement. And the more the merrier, it always seems to make it, oh, so much more egregious and a really big payout. But when it's split so many ways, lawyers are the only ones that win. You are and completely correct. Can I give you an example? Yeah, sure. All right. So you know there's going to be all the inevitable legal actions, and there are so many filed already about Equifax. So yeah. I saw an analysis that so many people have been harmed by Equifax that if everybody harmed got $7, that that alone would be a billion dollars that Equifax would have to pay. Don't know, I haven't run the numbers to see if that, that I heard is correct, but mm-hmm. that, that the cumulative effect is that, yeah, it, it pinches Equifax, but for each of us as individuals, it doesn't come near to covering the financial harm we've suffered from Equifax. And that would be true from almost any class action. And my objection was not specifically about outlawing class actions. That was not what I was upset about. It, it It was them being able to appoint their own mediators. Well, arbitrators that the that the that Equifax, the banks. I mean, you think about that criminal enterprise, Wells Fargo, that they are free to no matter how much they break the laws and abuse people, steal people's money, steal their identity, that they don't have to worry about a day in court where a consumer Mm -hmm. who's harmed could take them to court. That instead, you can only go to the arbitration. That's a stack deck fixed system controlled by and uh, funded by the arbitrators chosen by the very institution that has visited harm and done illegal activities towards consumers. And I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I because I have an inbred um, dislike of attorneys, 
that <laughs> I, I want to see them punished, but I don't want to see the Peter D'Angelo's rewarded for it. And I don't know who that is. Who's that? Okay. Going back to the tobacco lawsuit, my biggest, biggest, biggest objection was the government is known since World War II. If you've ever seen the newsreels, the, the coffin nails, putting the lucky strikes in with the K, K rations, and uh, we were killing our soldiers with the cigarettes. I mean, the government's known forever and ever, but they've been collecting tax money. It was always about the money. It was right. never about whether or not cigarettes were harmful. You know, and Peter D'Angelo only represented three states, and yet he got a payoff of nearly a billion dollars with which he used to buy the Baltimore Orioles. You're you're teaching me stuff that's not on my radar. So this is about those class actions against the tobacco companies. Then they reach those universal settlements where they paid out huge money. And then states generally have not used that money for anything to do with um, exactly. education about smoking or anything like that. But, but, the, but the point was that Peter D'Angelo, the lead attorney for Maryland, uh, the two states right there in Maryland, I think New York and Delaware, I, I don't remember the exact states, mostly Maryland, um, because that's where he was from. You know, he benefited hugely, I mean, a billion dollars. Okay, so... He got. I... I I'm taking your word for all that. I'm not familiar with all that. The class action lawsuit thing has been Mm -hmm. an area that has been subject to abuse, and we agree on that completely. And and so have the banks. They've been abusive. Right. And I'm not saying I have an answer. I'm just just, – it it irks me that that attorneys are abusing the system that they're helping to create. Okay. So – I don't want to, I mean, we could all day long talk about the pluses and minuses of lawyers, and you would look at it only as the minus side of it. The thing for me is that we have three branches of government, and one of them is the judicial. And to say that consumers don't have the right to the judicial branch when they're dealing with a business, but a business can then go to court sue another business, or do whatever they wish, but consumers who may be harmed have no access to the courts and can only go in a forum that's a kangaroo court like you'd have in a third world country run by the very business itself that may have harmed that consumer, I think is outrageous. And I thought that the timing could not have been worse with the continuing scandals and criminal activity at Wells Fargo that the Senate would give them an exemption from legal oversight, I think that's horrific. And so that's why you heard so much anger and upset from me. Roberta's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Roberta. Hi, Clark. Thanks so much for taking my question. Sure. You have a question for me about one of my favorite children, and that's Amica Mutual. Correct. Yes, they're offering tax-deferred annuities, and since it's coming from Amica, it made me stop and think, well, maybe this would be an exception to your general not liking annuities. No, no, you're still cussed on the air. You said the word annuity, you cussed on the air. (laughs) You know, this is a family-friendly show. (laughs) 
Annuity is right up there with me for me with all the other bad words. And I don't know, you know, what the emphasis is on them offering annuities. The big advantage is if somebody has high cost annuities somewhere else, they can transfer them to Amica at a much lower cost. And that's if somebody's already made the mistake of buying an annuity. But to me, it would be a mistake buying one from scratch. Okay. So using the opportunity to transfer into a lower cost, that's the same thing I've said with people because Vanguard also has an annuity product. And moving from an ultra-high-cost annuity elsewhere and moving to a low-cost at Vanguard, that would be a reason to do it. But otherwise, no. There are only two circumstances that I like annuities, Roberta. You ready? Yes. One is one that is a longevity annuity that doesn't start paying till you're 85 and allows you to run through all your money by your 85th birthday. And the other is an immediate payout annuity, which is like creating an instant pension. Other than that, don't do annuities. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Lisa's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Lisa. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you, Lisa. You have a question of numbers and letters you want to run by me. Right. <laughs> What's the scoop? Um, well, basically, I'm a teacher in North Carolina, um, and I have a 401k that I've been contributing into for um, maybe about eight or ten years. Um, and so just in talking with other people, they've mentioned possibly rolling over to a Roth IRA or considering a 403B. Um, I did listen to part of your show earlier um, regarding the 403B, so I don't necessarily think that would be a great idea. Um, but just wondering what your ideas were about all three of the possibilities. So 403Bs are generally vastly inferior retirement plans. Mm-hmm. Because they are set up, and they were set up by Congress to be operated by insurance companies, and the fees on them will be as much as 20 times more expensive than somebody doing a low-cost 401k plan. Right. They're incredibly expensive, and the investment choices are generally inferior to what you have available in most employer-provided 401ks. So they lose on the variety of investment choices, and they generally lose massively on the expenses. So when you have a choice between a 401k and a 403b, it would be extremely unusual 
that a 401k would not be vastly superior. Right. I guess it's possible, but I've never seen that. Okay. So comparing a 401k to a Roth IRA, so you can't take the money from your 401k and put it in a Roth or a regular IRA unless you've quit your job. And you're still teaching in the same school same school district exactly yeah Yeah. so you can continue to contribute to that 401k and do they does the district or school system offer any match on your 401k money no not at all so it's up to you the advantage of it then is that it just comes out of your check you don't have to do anything else correct so if you do a roth ira it works opposite of that 401k the roth You don't get any tax break for putting money into the Roth. Mm -hmm. But the money grows tax-free, and you spend it tax-free when you retire, where with that 401k, it goes in with a tax benefit to you when you put the money in, but everything you have in it and everything it earns, you're taxed on at time of retirement. Well, if you're like most teachers, they're not paying you with a wheelbarrow. You know, they're generally not paying you well, right? Right. So you are better served doing the Roth IRA than you are doing the 401k because you don't get enough benefit from the upfront tax deduction to make right. it a good idea to do that, where with the Roth, you're, the money you know you put in there, you're never going to be taxed on it again. Okay. So... How much do you like to contribute in a year? How many dollars total? Oh, gosh. Um, not much at all. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do the math in my head. So maybe around $1,500. Oh, then you're a perfect candidate for doing a Roth. Okay. Because you'd not come anywhere near the cap on it. So I would prefer, since there is no match on that 401k, that you discontinue that. And instead, you contribute to a Roth. And I've got a list of super low-cost companies on Clark.com, on my investment guide, that you can look at to set up that Roth IRA. Okay. And as long as you have the discipline, you put in $100 a month, $150 a month, just set it up automatically so you're always getting that money in. Okay. All right. Thank you for being in there for our kids. What grade do you teach? Um, I actually work with uh, gifted kids, so I kind of work with all grades um, in elementary school, K through five. So you're working with brainiacs in elementary school? (laughs) Yes. Wow. I was definitely not one of those in any level of school. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.